Hey there, welcome to episode 11 of Mel Gedroich's Quilting. I'm Mel Gedroich. I'm Andy Bush. Oh, the mighty Bush. Uh, you join us as we put together, physically and literally, even though we are in isolation. I'm in the nook. And I am in my eldest daughter's bedroom, bunk bedland. Even with these things trying to get in our way, we're still constructing a physical quilt. So please, if you've got needles and threads and all that sort of stuff at the ready, brilliant, join in. If you don't, that's completely fine. Let's get quilting, gang. I can't believe we are at episode 11, Bushy Bush. I can't believe... Isn't that amazing? It's incredible. Mel Gedroch's quilting has reached... Well, double figures was last week. I was about to say double figures. We've reached 11. We've we've gone, in the words of Nigel Tufnell, we've gone to 11. Isn't that amazing? We've gone all the way to 11. <laughs> what have we who'd learned? Have thought it? Who'd have thought it? When you think back to that very first episode, Mel, where we sat there with just a load of scissors and thimbles. thread and needles and thimbles we didn't know how to use. And now look at us. I was worried, chum. I'm not going to lie to you. Now, with, you know, 11 episodes behind us, we can start to reminisce slightly about the good old days. But <laughs> I was worried. I looked at the kit. I looked at us. I looked at our skills. I looked at the road, the long... The road is long. Long. With many a winding quilt. Quilt. And I was worried, Bushy. I don't want to do us down, but I thought we're not going to be able to complete even an nth of this quilting journey. <laughs> Seriously. But needn't have worried. You needn't have feared. Uh, we're here in, in, you're in your nook. Hello. I'm in my eldest daughter's bedroom. Hello. Can I just say as well, just from this camera, we're looking at each other through video camera. Yeah, I like to do you that, look Bushy. Like. I like to do that. And I, I like, like to, to look watch at people you. through the video. I like to look at you all the time through your computer. <laughs> That's terrifying. She hasn't blinked for about two solid minutes. Hello. Um, where you're sat at the moment... Yes, in the um, ...and the material you. to your left, mm-hmm. it looks like you are just behind a dinner lady. <laughs> Bush, this is a really... Hang on. I'm in my wardrobe. I have to explain. The nook is, is the wardrobe. Can I just say, this is a vintage sundress that I bought when I was right. on tour in Belfast. It's not a... Do you think it looks like a dinner lady? It doesn't. No, it just looks like you know the way you would stand just behind it. Like imagine <laughs> oh, we're in yes. the yard and I've done, I've kicked the ball at you. You've got annoyed and gone and got the dinner lady. I feel like you are just behind her and she's about to tell me. Mrs. Bayman, Mrs. Bayman, Andy just kicked me at the football like that. And her big. No, I didn't. Her her her. He's immediately portraying <laughs> you as the villain. And Mrs. Bayman's quite doughty calves would start just below. Yes. This dress. Oh, that's rather marvellous. I like that. The the view is, you know, the, the, the standard human view in Tom and Jerry, which is kind of um, quite stern knees, tights, uh, tan tights and shoe level, that kind of thing. It's it's Tom and Jerry, mate, isn't it? It's always it the figure with the wrinkled tights, the tan tights around the ankles. I love that. <laughs> love that. Loving it. I've got to say, though, Bushy, 11 episodes in, what have we learnt? Let's have just a little recap of some of the skills that we've uh, that we've accrued. Um, um, I think I've learned to be a bit more patient, actually. Yeah, because quilting's not something that comes quickly. You've just got to do it again and again and get it right through repetition yeah. and take your time. A bit of planning involved yeah. as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, dexterity is good for, um, for like, you know, trying to thread a needle. That's a thing in itself, isn't it? Pity. That took us about four episodes. Threading did, a needle it? is ruddy hard. Do you know what really helps is a good solid bit of spittle. 
to sort of... What kind of noise are we talking about when you do that? Can you hear that, folks? Very sinister. To um, to slightly stiffen the end of the cotton. Yeah? I would say so. I think... Do you know what, Bushy? I've got a feeling about you. I think you are somebody who hides the light under your bush all. Thank you. <laughs> Thank and you. I can imagine you suddenly after this, after our quilting adventures, suddenly making really complicated things like pleated skirts and shirts. I'd love to be able to do that. If that's the I case, Mel, I, I thank you. I can see it. I would love that. I'd absolutely... I'd love to turn up. Maybe we talked in the last episode about me at some point getting married. Oh. Maybe I'll make my own wedding suit. What about that? We, we mentioned that last week, actually. Uh, do you know what I think? I've had a think about this in the week because you said, oh, it'd be great to maybe have something quilted. Or I think I did, maybe. How about a quilted waistcoat underneath wow. your jacket? Or that quilt- would be good. Or... A quilted bow tie would be really sweet. Yeah. Let's make you a quilted bow tie. Or is that really would I look, Is that really Would I naff? look a bit like a clown or would I be okay? It's a bit clown, isn't it? It's a bit clown, a patchwork It's a bit tie. Pee-wee Herman. Do you remember Pee-wee Herman? Yes. <laughs> I don't want to be it's, Pee-wee Herman. It's a little bit Billy Pierce from the 1980s um, stand-up <laughs> circuit in Northern Britain. <laughs> mm. Take my mother-in-law. Take my mother-in-law. Wish you would. <laughs> Um, Mel, we, we left a, we left the previous episode on a hell of a cliffhanger that has almost kept me awake at night because I want to find out the details. Uh, I suggested that wouldn't it be good for us to get one of those mannequins so that you can hang your stuff that you're making off it. And you said you'd never have a mannequin in the house because they freak you out for a particular reason. I don't, I, listen, I, I've got a real, real thing about them. I think it was watching um, The Avengers as a kid. Uh, which was a great programme with, uh, again, losing all memory Words. in lockdown. Diana Rigg, Dame Ruddy, Dame Diana Rigg, gorgeous yes. Diana, such Lovely a good lady. She used to play, um, again, it's gone, Emma Peel, there we go, Emma <laughs> Peel. Diana Rigg played Emma Peel in The Avengers. And in every Ruddy episode, there was either a mannequin or there was a um, ventriloquist dummy. Somebody would always get trapped slash locked slash left in a cupboard with either a mannequin or a ventriloquist dummy or both at the same time. And both of them really, really, really freaked me out. So just to clarify then, are you scared of, um, you know, the armless, legless, headless um, um, fabric workers um, mannequin? Are you scared of them as well? Mate, they've got heads, haven't they? Well, some of them have just got like a, just waist and shoulders, oh, haven't they? Oh, no, they're horrid with slightly padded, the slightly padded yeah. things so that you can put pins in them. Ooh, I don't <laughs> like that, mate. I don't like it. Also, this is the absolute ruddy truth. We went to the Doctor Who exhibition. This is quite a few years ago when the girls were small. Took They were obsessed with Doctor Who. Took them to the, um, it was in Earl's Court, you know, one of those big exhibition places. Really exciting. Um, we walked in and there was a really scary episode with some mannequins in, I can't remember which series. I think it was the Dave, one of the David Tennant series. Yeah. There were these mannequins just as you went in. And I turned to Veets, who was like two at the time or three. And I said, don't worry. It's just the entrance. The mannequins aren't going to move. We walked past them. They started moving, mate. I, I, yeah, I almost had an accident in my trousers. I was really, (laughs) it was horrible. The heads, the heads kind of went and looked round. As you went past, they looked round. They could sense where you were. It was horrible. So shop, uh, you go to, you go into uh, your your normal retail shop. Remember in the days when you used to go into shops and stuff like that. What daydreams? 
daydreams. Those the, one daydreams. The, the, the dress shop down the road, daydreams. <laughs> <laughs> Get on the way down to daydreams. Do, do they scare you? Um, yes. Shops, shop. They scare you as well. Wow. Yes. I can't bear them, mate. I always think they're going to go, go and turn their heads around and come alive. Are you not scared of them, Bushy? No, I'm going to Google it right now. There must be a technical phobia of this. So phobia, phobia of mannequins. I wouldn't say like it's a fully blown. You know, I just don't like them. I could do without them in my life. Do you know what I mean? Here's an unfortunate name. Oh, dear. The the technical uh, definition of a fear of mannequins is pediophobia. (laughs) Really? Yeah. That's bizarre. That is weird, isn't it? Pediophobia. Just leave that one there. Wow. Um, I've had a letter. Bushington's. Ooh. I've had a letter. And actually, this is rather exciting. This is actually a lockdown letter because... Lockdown. Lockdown letter because, of course, we can't get into our uh, normal centre of operations because it's all closed down because of lockdown. Uh, We've been relying on our Instagram, which has been brilliant, actually, um, which is at Melody Quilting. So we can see lots of pictures of your fabric and you've given us lots of stories and tonnes of stuff to talk about, which is brilliant. But I actually did have... Got it in my hand, a physical Ooh. letter at home, because I do know her. She's a lovely, lovely lady. She's a comedian called Lucy Porter. You've probably oh, yes. heard her loads. Brilliant. Oh, she is so, so, so great. I adore her. Anyway, she sent a letter. Dear Melon Bush, here's a scrap of embroidery my mum did when she was about 11, I think. So in about 1947. Oh, my word. Isn't that amazing? We've got tons of knitting, crocheting, embroidery and sewing that my mum and grandma did. And I find it hard to know what to do with it all. So you're doing me a favour taking this off my hands. I'm sure my mum would love to be part of a quilt. Oh, it is. uh, It's amazing. So in, in with the letter, Lucy Porter's letter came this extraordinary. Can you see that? It's like a proper old school piece of, is it linen? Is it? Is it? It's like a really beautiful linen, but in that lovely sort of 1947 way, it looks like it might have been stained with tea. It's gone that sort of slightly oldy woldy vintagey colour. And it is. It's, it's amazing. It's little butterflies. Can you see, Bushy? It's... It looks like, um, is he the, the book? You remember St. Bede had the book uh, with all of his kind of old type of like, uh, it looks like a stained glass window, doesn't it, it actually? It does. It does. It's And it's, you can see, so it says, there's a little piece of paper in the corner uh, with staples and it says, Rita Williams, upper three, upper three one. So that's obviously Lucy's mum. And it's got that real sort of very earnest, painstaking I, I reckon Beautiful. she she said she was 11, that really sort of careful stitching. I don't know if I can bear to snip it up, Bushy. So what, just for st- statistics here, that was mm. that was done in what, 1947? 47. I think I'm right in saying that's our, that's our most vintage piece of um, fabric that we've got in our quilt. Isn't that right? I don't that, think we've got that any, is so amazing. We haven't because got anything she older have, than that. No, I don't think so. And I think, like, I was saying this to someone else the other day, although it's not of the same level in terms of... Well, actually, it is in terms of deadliness. The kids who are living through this lockdown bit at the moment, yeah. that's their blitz. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So totally. it's interesting that that is a piece of fabric from, you know, just after that kind of stuff was going on. Aww. This this Kids now, it's it's they're living through something that they're going to tell their grandkids about when they're older. Absolutely. This is their kind of history, isn't it? This is their... Yeah, completely. Wow. 
I don't know if I ought to snip into this. Do you know what, Bushy? We've actually had this before. Um, lovely Joe uh, from America who sent us all that stuff and there was an embroidered piece. Do you remember the red letter? Oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Piece. We actually ended up thinking we're not going to snip this. We're just going to add it into the quilt in its entirety so it's a kind of bigger section. I think with Lucy Porter's mums, I mean, look at that. That is so it's beautifully so nice. done. I think if I cut into it, all the stitching's just going to um, come apart, actually. So I think what we'll do... And and then, oh, Bushy, look, we can keep the piece of paper that says Rita yeah. Williams, Upper 3-1. We'll keep it, it all as a whole and sew it in at the end, yeah? It would be it would be like fussy cutting the buyer tapestry, and no-one's going to do that, are they? So let's have it whole. That is a big statement, Bush, and I think, my friend, yet again, you've nailed it. Thank you very much. The mighty Thank you Bush, very much. The mighty Bush has spoken. The broadcasting Bush has spoken. Um, Bushy, what have you got there, my love? You're beavering away on something. Well, you know, in the last episode, we were talking a lot about um, family and lockdown, how it's kind of brought everyone closer together. Yeah. I thought I would use and incorporate into our quilt uh, the, the duvet set, because we had the lovely um, Connie who sent us in her Millennium Falcon duvet set from when she was a kid. I've got my eldest daughter's first duvet set. Oh. Now, you know when they move from baby bed, cots, thing yeah. to like starting to be like little kids and they've got like a mini mini duvet mini pillow this was it from my eldest daughter erin that's adorable. and it's kind of it's not like daffy duck or anything it's like kind of cool hearts and all that kind Quite of thing tasteful, you know that kind of mate. yeah very it tasteful. is in it so i've got the the pillowcase here and i thought i would in, incorporate that well into things that's a, do you know what because at my feet i've got some stuff that um the daughters have given me, they had a little bit of a... I don't know about you, but in lockdown, we have been cleaning, sorting, categorising, like it's going out of fashion, mate. We spent yes. the first two weeks just cleaning the house, literally. Quite therapeutic, it, isn't it? It's very it's very cathartic, isn't it? Seriously. Do you know what I thought? When the charity shops are finally allowed to open after lockdown, which, God willing, will happen fairly, fairly soon, who knows, anyway, they are going to have an absolute ruddy avalanche of yes. people's junk, aren't they? That's what I love as well, we, um, doing the sorting like you're talking about. Yeah. Have you ever had one of those um, bags where you put your stuff in it, then you take the end of the hoover and stick it in the bag and suck all the air out of it so it goes all small? Stop it. What have you done that with? We've done that with like uh, like winter wear that we're not <gasps> wearing at the moment because Good. it's heading towards summer. Yes, of course. And it's just defla- it sucks it all up, so it looks like a little shrivelled raisin. It's it's a sort it's a, it, it, you've made your own vacuum pack, haven't you? you a, va- kn- a vacuum pack. Yeah. Do you know what I've done, Bushy? Oh my god, it gave me such such pleasure. I've alphabetized my spice rack. <laughs> oh yeah, that's uh, that's when you know you really are locked down. Yeah, it's oh it's absolute i'm obsessed with it i've polished every single jar of spice and then put them in alphabetical order and then i found loads of doubles like ground coriander had three of those three of them put them all into one jar bushy put them all into one decanted decanted then recycled the empty jars the weird thing is, right, our youngest daughter, Thea, is obsessed with the spice cupboard. So she'll go in and browse the spice cupboard like she's she a toy set. And she'll walk yeah. around with like a bit of, um, I don't know. Cumin. Um, cumin or something like that. Do you know what I mean? She absolutely loves it. Yeah. What's your favourite of all the spices that you've got in your spice rack, Mel? Oh, that's a really good question. In terms of the pa- spice. In terms of the packaging, I've got a really beautiful little box 
of um, I, I love the way that we're having this conversation really, really earnestly. I've got a really lovely box of the word escapes me. It's a smoked red peppery substance. Paprika. Uh, paprika. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. Smoked red peppery yeah. thing. Lads, I'm telling paprika. you what, the combination of perimenopausal slash lockdown is really, really bad on the old memory banks. I can't remember anything. <laughs> I'm worried. But Bushy, you were saying that you've lost quite a lot of your 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 brain in lockdown. Yeah, I, I, I've... Um... I can't, like, think of people's name. I'm quite bad anyway, right? My, my worst situation is <sighs> out with some friends and then some other friends appear and I have to introduce the friends I'm out with to them. It's and awful. I can't remember yeah. anyone's... To the point where I have a panic that I can't remember my own, like, partner's name. It's that much of, like, a, a panic on. Uh, but I've just got worse and worse with it because I think, like, we're not using our brains in the same way because we're not yeah. meeting people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We've got... It's got... It's, it's called lockdown fudge is what it's called. The brain... Lockdown fudge. Exactly. Isn't it? Isn't it? I'm Mel, by the way. My name is Mel. I'm, I'm Andy. Do you want to should we name badges? We could do name badges. That would be quite good, wouldn't it? I've never called you Andy. That's really weird. I can't call yeah. you Andy. It's Bush. Andy man. sounds like it's I've done something wrong. This I love. Look at this, Bushy. Oh, my word. It looks like uh, a mermaid's thigh. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> do they do have thighs? Mermaids don't have thighs, mate. They just have tails. Oh, yeah, OK. That's where I've been going wrong. But hang on. Would it be a thigh that then goes into a tail, a flapper, flipper? Or is it yeah, the whole it leg that's a tail? I think they do have they've got thighs. knees. They've got knees, haven't they, mermaids? Do they've they? got knees. Oh, they do they've have knees. They've got one joint knee. OK, so. so below the knee it's tail and then above it's thigh. Yeah. I think, I'll, or I'll cheeks. Give I'll give, we talked or, about that in the last episode. Oh, mermaid cheeks. Oh, did it cheeks. This... Is like stepping into Studio Fifty Four back in I'm saying 1976 New York. Floss, my elder daughter, gave me this. I dread to think what she was wearing. I'd never seen this. She obviously wore it on some some rave night out or something. It's a piece of netting, and it's got these kind of amazing diamonds. That catch the light in that blue. It's, way. it's like a disco. It looks like this is how people entertain oh. themselves in the lockdown. They uh, video themselves holding up glittering fabric to each other. Yeah, and think that's of quite, discos. That's quite good, isn't it? That, that is to, amazing. That that to me says, "You make me feel my heart real." Yeah, it's Sylvester, isn't it? It's, it's a, a little. That, it's pure Eurovision. In many oh. ways, that's Eurovision. That, isn't it? Yeah, well, uh, more of that anon, my friend. I need to discuss that in some detail because, of course, yeah. the Eurovision is cancelled this year, um, as are many huge events. And, you know, I really feel for everyone, I'm sure pretty much everyone is touched um, by losing out on some big communal event that's happening. It's really sad, but loads of people are making up for that. And I've got to say, matey, bombshell news, I'm taking part in the Isolation Song Contest. Wow! Yep. What an amazing name. I think I can say that uh, it's it's out. There's there's a you know it's out in in the general sphere of things. I've been given the country Italy to represent, and I have to do a song and a video made in my own house and recorded in my own house. And there'll be various <laughs> people. There are various comedians and musicians taking part in the isolation song contest. So there you go. Breaking news. What? 
Mel, that is that is a hell of a bombshell for this podcast. Uh, do you have to sing in Italian? Does it need to be about Italy? Can please clarify the Italy side of things? Right. Uh, the song will be sung by Melania Di Carrara, and uh, she is seventy-two and doesn't look a day over fifty-one. She's a very well-preserved seventy-two-year-old lady. Right. Okay. And she's singing a song called "Non Vedo Lora," and the song will be completely in Italian. I can't wait. She sounds like a hell of a lady. I'm thinking of Margarita Prakatan or whatever her name was from Mate, uh, the Clive James show. She is sheer Prakatan. She is yeah. the biggest ruddy diva. Uh, she's Italy's most durable daytime TV show host. And uh, she's had 14 albums out. And um, How many husbands? How many husbands? She, well, sadly, Melania never married. Oh, she was linked goodness. with uh, Sandro Ciotti, the... Um, Italian sports commentator for many years. Okay. I remember him, yeah. And also Silvio Berlusconi. <laughs> Did she ever go to one of his bunga bunga parties? She was she was a regular attendee of those and Berlusconi describes her as having the biggest pipes in the business. <laughs> so, of an accolade. And he's she, seen some pipes. Non vedo l'ora by Melania will be available uh, to stream. Uh, as part of the um, Isolation Song Contest. And it's a big, big old lament. Big old lament. Anyway, I'm so sorry, I got completely sidetracked. This little badger, look at that little bushy look. It's a little pale blue patch with red spots. That was uh, one of Vietz's... She got obsessed with making headscarves one summer. She started making headscarves and selling them to all her friends at a vastly overblown price, which used to worry me a bit. She's very resourceful, isn't she? She is unbelievable. She's sheer business. Unbelievable. So she took this batch of headscarves that she'd made out of an old duvet cover and was selling them for like £2.50. And I was like... That's brilliant. But I was like, Beats, I mean, that cost you probably about 4p. Shouldn't you sell them for a pound? And she's like, no, Mum, the profit margins, you know... I'm so <laughs> ruddy leaveable. So I'm doing one That's of those so now. Good. I'm doing one of those now. All you do, um, if you've never quilted or patchworked before, and I really recommend it in lockdown because it is blooming relaxing, get a little square of... Um, oh, hang on. Something terrible's happened. I've actually managed to sew in the cable of the microphone. <laughs> We've had our first lockdown uh, equipment-related uh, situation. So you've sewn in the microphone into the uh, into the patch of fabric. That is really annoying. Look, Bushy, <laughs> it's attached. Can you see? Oh no, that's hilarious. It's like you're getting your fishing fishing line caught. Yes, I'm going to have to oh, cut dear. that thread, which means re-threading, Bushy. You know what that's like. Oh, that's a nightmare, isn't it? How's the duvet going, by the way? How's Erin's duvet? Look, it's looking good. It's lovely. I, I, you know, because we're talking about what have we learnt so far. I think I started off in the first couple of episodes uh, picking difficult bits of fabric to work with. <gasps> Matey, do you, do you remember I mean? your first one? That was a nightmare. The Everton T-shirt, which was nylon, very, very bulky, with a massive sort of medal on it. Exactly. You had to encompass. So I think that the, the lighter the material, the easier it's been. Do you want yeah. me to read a couple of messages that are coming to yeah. the podcast whilst you're um, detangling yourself from your microphone there, Mel? And people are doing that on Instagram, aren't they? Which is fantastic. 
at Mel G Quilting. Yeah, Please get in touch. Let us know. Obviously, we can't, unfortunately, get into uh, our HQ to get at the, any of the stuff you've posted to us. So just send us a photo of what you're up to because that's uh, just as good. I tell you what, on that note, if we get to do another season um, and yes. we get back into HQ, imagine the backlog. It's going to be so exciting. We're going to have so much, literally so much material to work with. Yeah. Sorry to we? interrupt you, Bushy. Go ahead. Hey, no worries. Elfie's been on. She says, uh, hope you're having a good week, guys. Just working on a new quilt. Made nine blocks. Now have to cut them in quarters. Genuinely as scary as doing my first roundabout when I learned to drive. Oh. And that is from, she's called Karen. And a little photo of it there, if you have a little look. look at that oh, piece wow. Of amazing work. Oh, you see, our amazing listeners, a lot, a lot of them, very, very seasoned quilters. When they talk yes. about a block, she's referring to quite a large square there. And it's made up of what squares and rectangles and all sorts, is it? It's like quilting inception, square within a square within a square within a square. <laughs> wheel within a wheel. Another one here, another little message just come in. Go on. That's So Kerry, which is quite a cool uh, Instagram handle for someone who does nice, sewing. Nice, nice. Hi, Mel and Bush. Howling with laughter listening to the podcast. It's really getting Aww. me through. Aww. God bless you. That's uh, so this nice. This is some fussy cutting I've done out of a Liberty print. We mentioned fussy cu- oh, yeah. cutting a couple of episodes ago. Yeah. Uh, all, all the sections have been cut from the same piece of fabric, but the way you stitch them together makes it look totally different to each other. <gasps> it's been done by hand and is forming the quilt top for my wedding quilt. Stop look at it. that. Oh, my... Hang on. She's overlaid. She's ruddy overlaid. She's gone 3D. What the heck? 3D. Unbelievable, huh? That's beautiful, though. So for her wedding quilt, do you think that's the quilt that she and her partner will lie underneath on the wedding night? Yeah, maybe, quite possibly. I'm, 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 I'm hearing in my head a very, very heavy sort of 70s bass line. That Barry White song. As the quilt gets brought in. (laughs) Is a wedding quilt a thing? I've never heard of that before. I like the idea of a wedding quilt, though. Saucy. Saucy, Kerry. Saucy wedding quilt. That's a beautiful, lovely colours. She's gone for sort of pale blue. Talking of which, this pale blue um, patch from the overpriced uh, headscarf, that's come out really well. Look, look Look at the tightness of that. Very impressive hospital corners there, Mel. Very impressive. Do you like the hospital corners there, mate? Yeah, I'm quite pleased with that. Really good. I might make a few of those because it's quite cute, that little fabric. I think what I'm going to do now, actually, is uh, finish this one off and then I'm going to go for the Studio 54 because that is... We haven't got any material like that yet on the quilt. It's just pure kind of 70s disco with almost glittery little diamonds on them. Very I think the closest summer. we've got to that is, uh, do you remember way, way back, you very kindly donated your leotard from, what was it called, from the... From the games. Yes. Yeah, oh yeah. That's that the closest was... we've got. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But this, my friend, I don't know if this is the correct word, I don't know what, I don't know what any words are anymore in lockdown, but this has got fractals on it. Is that the right word? I've never heard of that word before, but I like the sound of it. It sounds uh, futuristic and laser beam like. So yes, yeah. when you know, in the in the late eighties, you know, when you used to go to raves, or I used to pretend to go to raves. I don't think I ever actually attended a proper one, but I used to say, yeah, yeah, I was out out uh, at rave in a field uh, in North Ants the other so, weekend. Yeah. Banging, it's absolutely banging. I have a feeling there were quite a few fractals at raves. 
Am I absolutely talking total? No, no, I think you might be right. I think, did you ever, right, really enjoy going to a nightclub? Obviously, don't go to nightclubs now because you've got kids and that's the end of that. It's the end of your going out life. No, don't say that, mate. It all comes back. Did you like nightclubs, though, Mel, when you were going out tonight? I don't know if I ever really liked them. Do you know what I mean? I mean, Bushy, I love a ruddy dance. I love to cut a tail feather. Is that the right expression? On the dance floor. I love to cut a rug on the dance floor. And yes. show my tail feather. Uh-huh. Big time. So, yeah, I actually do quite like nightclubs. I, if you want to talk, forget it. They're not good places for chatting. Right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you want to catch up with friends, it's, it's not no, going to happen. forget it. Forget it, forget it. And actually, I don't mind that. I just like to get out on the floor and absolutely go ruddy bananas. So in your youth... Mighty Bush. Yes. Uh, what were the nightclubs that everyone was going to? Come on. The piece de la resistance of nightclubs in the Torquay area was uh, a neon-coloured uh, tropical-themed nightclub called Zulu's. Oh. And I tell you what, right, it had bright neon lights in there. So it felt like you felt like you were at Club Tropicana going in there. Um, and I went in there with a group of friends. But This is when I was about 18. Do yeah. you know when you, everything's embarrassing at that age? Absolutely. Uh, my mum had washed my chinos. Oh, uh, and then no. with some weird washing powder. Oh. So when I went into the UV light of Zulu's, it, I looked like some form of DNA crime scene because there was loads of blotches all over my chinos and it was one of the most embarrassing things ever. <laughs> did anyone say anything? No, she was, did, it, did the guard I, I, say anything? They, the, people were looking at me like, what is going on? I literally looked like something out of crime scene investigation <laughs> and it didn't look good. Oh, Bushy. Oh, what about bushy. you with nightclubs down in, in, in your neck of the woods? Was there anything in the Leatherhead mas- Massive? Well, I'd already left Leatherhead before I was really of legal nightclub age, but I will say something. The roller rink at the Leatherhead Leisure Centre, I think I'd just started to attend. I think I'd been once when we left. That was, I mean, that was, that was the kind of Leatherhead nightclub in those days. When we moved, um, oh, God, I've suddenly remembered, yeah. So when I was a teenager, um, the nightclub I used to go to was called Angles. Angles. And Angles nightclub was underneath Millet's, the tent and camping shop uh, (laughs) on the high street. It was this really dingy sort of back stairway down into Angles. And if you were not wearing a bin liner, my friend, you might as well just not show up. It was heavy goth. Oh, I like. Do I love goths? I I never was a goth. I don't know any goth stuff. I tried to be, but I was a really lame goth. I'd love to be a goth. My look was, I had a pair of brown cords, which I was really keen on, but they had a slight flare on them, which Uh, is like salt to the goth slug. Do you know what I mean? A flare in those days. You know, it had to be absolute ruddy skin tight. So I hemmed, this was a first sewing experience, I hemmed in uh, the cords so that they'd be like, Drains, you know, skins, skin tights. Okay. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And lay in the bath. And then my mum said, no, you don't do that with corduroy. That's with denim. <laughs> so I was lying in the bath in a pair of corduroy trousers, wondering why they weren't sticking to me. But anyway, brown cords, drain pipes, badly sewn, trilby on the head. And then in Whoa. the in the old Oxfam uh, coat, I bought an old, like, bloke's coat, um, a fake flower, mate. And, you, 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 as far yeah. as like mental image, don't know what anyone else is thinking here. You, you look uh, in my mind more like Poirot than any form of goth. Mate, 
really, really lame. And then on, on the feet, you know, everyone was in winkle pickers. Becky Faith was like the uber goth. I absolutely worshipped her. Beck Faith was like the girl you wanted to be. She was so cool. She had dyed hair. She had a couple of piercings in each ear, Ooh, maybe two. Um, and she could wear a bin liner like no one else. I think she'd even shaved a part of her head. You know, she was really, really cool. Um, anyway, um, yeah, so she always wore winkle pickers, standard. I had a pair of plastic moccasins, mate, with little chains on them. Oh. Whoa, sorry, back up there a second. Plastic moccasins with a little chain. <laughs> Like uh, like little my Henry mom, VIII type shoes. My mum bought them for me. I loved them. Oh. But they weren't goth. They simply weren't goth, matey. Um, talking about making your own clothes, as we all used to do in the day, especially if you went to Angle's nightclub, um, I've got a patch here that I'm working on. It's actually made me feel really quite sad, Bushy. I, I oh. got this look. It's really sweet. Can you see that on the camera? Lovely material. Really, nice pattern. Really cute, quite vintage little sky blue background with loads of little sort of 70s flowers all over. I bought this with the hope that I would make all the clothes that ever existed for my girls because I thought, I'm a mum, I've got to make their clothes. That's what my mum did. And yeah. so I set about this, mate, and I made one dress and it took me two years and then <laughs> I, I held it up to floss and she couldn't even get one thigh into it. It was really sad. It was for oh. a doll, basically. It was this rubbish little dress and that's the material. I feel quite sad. Oh, it looks sad. really sweet. I feel a bit useless that I didn't make them more clothes. Would you Would you ever, now that you have gained these new skills through this process of uh, Mel Gedroich's quilting, the podcast, would you, would you enter the foray again into uh, well, making clothing for them, possibly? Matey, big news. We got the sewing machine out the other day as part of oh. our, you know, turn the house upside down, clean, categorise, sort, process, re-clean, buff, shine, everything. Got the old yeah. sewing machine out, buffed it up, and young Veets, uh, the younger daughter, age 16, has, has made a skirt. She's made a little skirt. I'm so proud of her. That's amazing. Yeah, she has made a skirt with a zip, Bush, with a ruddy working zip. Do you know what? Veets reminds me of... Do you remember the TV show MacGyver? Oh, now, hang on. Remind me. Was that a detective? He was, he was like a, this American guy that if you ever locked MacGyver up somewhere because, like, baddies would lock him in something, he would use the equipment around him to make an escape. So he would, like, make a, 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 a twin-engine uh, aeroplane yes. out of some old bits of wood and some, uh, you know, tools that have been left around in a workshop. Well, she's like MacGyver, she's very like Mac resourceful. I have to say, very, very similar to the 18. That's exactly what they used to do. Always yep. locked in a garage, and they always got out with some piping and some... Uh, f uh, some fertiliser, where they'd yeah. sort of blow themselves out of the garage yeah. using the piping and the fertiliser. If I was if I was going to intern either the A Team or MacGyver, yes, I, I would just get you, you put them in a completely empty room, lock and key, and leave it there. Don't don't leave other stuff in there. Don't lock yeah. them in a storeroom. I think that's the to any that's other baddies key. that are listening out there. If you're listening from your um, maybe below volcanic island uh, lair or whatever, don't go locking <laughs> superheroes like that in storerooms. MacGyver though, he sounds a bit he sounds a bit square, mate. What was his outfit? Sorry, he was very kind of rugged. Was uh, he? Yeah, he was. He was. He was quite cool. He was quite um, quite dashing. I think a little bit, a little bit was, dashing. Possibly was he as cool as Par Ingalls from Little House on the Prairie? That's what I want to know. Not in a million years. I mean, he didn't fight cholera like Par Ingalls did, as we learned in the last episode. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just whisking through another patch now. Listen, Bushy. So we are coming close to the end of episode eleven. I know, guys. I know it's sad. But listen up. We need to think really seriously about the next stage of this. We've got 
quite a few patches now that we've done, which is all well and good. We've basted like goodens. We've done hospital corners. We've used a lot of different fabrics. Mate, we've got to put them together in some sort of form. Yeah? This, this has been the elephant in the room a little bit in that, yeah, it's all well and good making the squares, but then we're going to have to bite the bullet and stitch these bad boys together. If we were MacGyver at this point, we'd be looking round in the aforementioned storeroom and seeing not fertiliser and pipes, but many, many patches, and we need to blast our way out of this quilting, quilting nook. What would, what would MacGyver do? That's almost the question we've got to be asking ourselves. I mean, nice. as we've seen from the amazing stuff we've had into the um, the our Instagram account, yeah. at Mel G Quilting, our listeners are way better at quilting than we are. They're, they're, these guys are pros. Mate, you're ap- what am I even thinking about? We have with us as we speak experts all around yes. the place, in America, in other countries that, that escape me now. Was there somebody in Switzerland, I think, and... We've had, yeah, all sorts, all yeah. sorts, the whole United Nations going on, really. Yeah. So, you're at, mate, you're absolutely right. All we have so, to do is just put the word out, yeah? Yeah, so I, I don't even know if there's a technical term for the bit where you stitch all the squares together. We'd like to know that. I think it's yeah. a good starting point, actually knowing what it's yeah, called. absolutely. And if you've got any tips on how Mel and I best stitch these individual little squares together uh, at Mel G Quilting. Find us on Instagram. We'd appreciate the help. Oh, please, please, please. That would be amazing. Um, do you remember a few episodes ago, um, somebody very helpful suggested doing a mood board. So like just placing oh, the patches yeah. down on the floor, on a table, seeing how they kind of go together. Take a photo, see what you think. I, look look at these patches I've done today, Bushy. We've got the overpriced headscarf. Veets' yes. overpriced headscarf. We've got Studio 54... And we've got lame mothering skills. All those patches together. You see, look at those. They look really cool. It looks great. And what I love about this, all these individual little bits, they all tell a story. Even just those three there, each one tells a different story. So it's going to look great. I'm very excited. We just need some help doing it. Do you know what I want to do as well? I'm sorry. This could be, maybe this is lockdown madness. Maybe lockdown fudge has really taken over my brain. I'd like to name every patch. That's a good, I like it. It's a great idea. I'd like to name every patch, lads. I think each but, patch is so important to us and has such a lovely, uh, you know, letter or anecdote or, or Instagram message or whatever it is. I'd like to yeah. name each patch, mate. I think we do it. I think we do it. Let's do it 100%. I'm well up for that. Good, good, Bushy. Good, good, Goodingtons. So basically, Deal. the next, well, I mean, we've still got patches to do. I think we're going to have to slightly increase our workload, Bushy, because we've got to be a- making patches, but also sewing them together. We're gonna be like, um, is it is it Rumpelstiltskin? Is yes. that the guy yes. from from the fairy tales? Yes, him. A little bit like him. Really sinister. The guy that sewed, uh, not sewed. He spun straw into into gold. Did he? Is that what he did? And he stamped his foot and he went, nah, nah, nah. no, I don't want to do this. Every night he had that little phrase, didn't he? He stamped his little foot. I remember that. Was he a goblin or yeah. was he like a human? He was a goblin. He was a goblin. I think he was. Wow. Yeah. And he'd go, no, 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 no. And then he'd have to stay well, maybe, up all maybe, night. Maybe not like him. Maybe, maybe that's a bad role model for this next stage of <gasps> stitching stuff together. I know. How about rumple quilt skin? Oh, I like that. Who's the like nice, good version. The nice, good version. Not the stampy fussy. Rumpelstiltskin's cousin. Yes. Uh, and he's just a lot more even. He's, he's worked in a load of different industries. So he's, he's got people skills and stuff like that as well. And he's a lot yeah. more even-handed about stuff. Yeah. He's got a girlfriend. He's got a girlfriend and stuff. So, you know, they're saving for a deposit on a house. So why would he be like Mardi? And he's and he's kept his childhood teddy that still sits on his bed. He's got a really yeah. quite a soft heart rumple quilt skin. 
Yeah, he's a lovely, he's a lovely, lovely guy. He's a lovely bloke, and he doesn't have small, weird, little gobliny feet. He's got he's got size tens. He's got a good, solid par Ingalls type foot. He's got a little pair of plastic moccasins with a chain over the top. <laughs> <laughs> Just normal shoes. And he's a and he's a really good cook as well. He's Aww. really friendly, and he's got a twinkle in his eye. And he's re- he, do, do you know you could phone Rumple Quiltskin any anytime. hour of day or night, and he'd be really friendly. Yeah, and, he, and I think he would get um, hay fever. He gets terrible hay fever. He looks really cute when he sneezes. Yeah. And oh, also, bless. at Christmas, you're, you're laying out your plans. Who's going to sit where at the table? And there's a really difficult relation that you've got. Let's call her Auntie Hilda. Auntie Hilda's yeah. really difficult. She's really cranky. Who are you going to sit next to her? I know, Rumple Quiltskin, because he'll Rumpel, talk to he'll anyone. He'll chat to anyone. He'll talk He's to really anyone. good with older ladies and, and stuff like that as well. Yeah. Put him in a room. He'll chat to everyone. Who was that lovely boy? Who was the lovely boy I was sat next to? He was a lo- lovely, asked so many questions, very interested oh, in what I was oh, saying. Oh, he was so polite as well, and he passed the bread sauce, and, oh, I didn't even have to ask him, and he, he offered me gravy. He was ever so nice. Oh, lovely boy, lovely, lovely boy. That's Quiltskin. Oh, I love him. I yeah, love he's him. a lovely guy, isn't he? Well, he and our many, many podcast listeners are going are gonna to help us crack the... Um, well, it's the next part of the journey, isn't it? It's the construction. It's Operation the construction. Operation construction. Operation construction. I love it, Bush. Right. That, my friend, will be episode 12. Operation construction. So have your thread ready. Have your needle thready. If you are quilting along with us, which I think a lot of people are, which is really nice, um, then maybe in support of us, if you feel like it, could you construct with us? I don't know. Is that too much to ask? No, I reckon they'd be up for this. This lot are very resourceful, so they're, they're game for anything, this lot. They ruddy are. So, Bushy, I'm excited about the next episode. I'm, I'm actually excited. Episode 12 is going to be a big step for us. It is going to be a landmark uh, step forward in the construction of this quilt. It's finally coming together. Eat lots of carbs the night before our next episode. Yeah, because we're going to need them. And I will try and clear my brain of some of the fudge, which has very much landed uh, since lockdown. Yeah, we'll do a bit yeah. of that. It will, we'll call it Lockdown Fudge, The Fight Back. <sighs> yes. Episode yes. 12, Lockdown Fudge, The Fight Back. Fight I back. love that. That's got a good ring to it. Um, and It was a time of heroes. <laughs> it was a time of fudge. A time of fudge. And, and other things. We'll, we'll think of something. We'll, we'll, we'll think, think of yeah, something. We'll think yeah. of something pithy. In the meantime, have a lovely, lovely time, gang. Stay safe. Stay sane and we will all reconvene. You've been listening to Mel Gedroch's Quilting, which is a something else production. Our producer was Zoe Edwards. Our head of technical wizardry is Gully Lawrence Tickle. Our head of social media and all things quite cutting edge and trendy is Silas Armstrong. We've been the mighty Bush and Mel Gedroch, and our executive big cheese is Chris Skinner. Thank you for listening. <laughs>